2: now
3: Now, noblegoldinvestments.com.
1: This performance may not be indicative of future results. Investing in precious metals, including gold, involves risks. Consult with your tax attorney or financial professional before making an investment decision.
4: Hello, everyone. Great to be live with you. We're back with Steve Baker, who was targeted by the federal government for his independent journalism covering January 6th back in 2021. He's since teamed up with The Blaze to release his first in a series of big bombshell reports. that You, you said we're coming. Last time I had you on my show. Yeah. As you were working on putting this report out, the DOJ came back after you for a subpoena. Uh, to subpoena you. Um, your attorney thinks this is this is you going to be arrested finally for your journalism. <laughs>
5: Well, all, all we know is that we still have an open investigation or they have an open investigation into me. We just got that confirmed uh, from the lead agent uh, that's been working on my case for over two years. So uh, they, they're, after going silent for 20 months, uh, they all of a sudden popped back up, uh, not coincidentally, uh, <laughs> to the timing of the release of this uh, bombshell.
4: Right, you had leaked some key details on Twitter just in case someone came after you, and then the 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 DOJ reappears. But ever since I had you on my show a month or two ago, I've been getting emails, people saying, "What's the update? What what is Steve going to report?" Well, your report is out on the blaze, and after reviewing forty one thousand. Hours of footage you didn't look at every second, but <sighs> no. you but you looked. You knew the key footage yeah. to look for, and right. it appears that you are able to confirm that there that false testimony. Nancy Pelosi's head of security gave false testimony in federal federal court to convict J Sixers. Whoa. Yeah. Take me through what, how'd you, how you found this
5: out. Well, you're right. It, it's impossible for anyone to go through 41,000 hours of, of video. I mean, when I say impossible, if you stay awake and don't eat or go to the restroom for over five and a half years, you can watch 41,000 hours worth of video, but obviously I didn't need to do that because there was a, Key moment, a couple of key moments in, in the Oath Keepers trial back last October, uh, a year ago. In one of those moments, there was testimony given by this gentleman that we're talking about. He is uh, Capitol Police Special Agent David Lazarus, and he's on like the dignitary protection detail. He uh, actually was assigned as the security chief for Nancy Pelosi and her staff. And David Lazarus was called into the trial to give corroborating testimony to another Capitol Police officer whose testimony is a little shaky by virtue of documents that were not yet under, uh, I should say they were still under seal. In fact, they still are here a year later. But these were uh, documents uh, detailing his two FBI testimonies about, his personal encounter with the Oath Keepers on January 6th. And because the two documents were conflicting, his statements to the FBI did not line up between his first interview and his second interview. The Department of Justice needed to bring in a heavy hitter to clean up the other officer's testimony. And that's what they did. So they brought in this special agent. Uh, conveniently it happened to be the uh, head of security for Pelosi and they brought him in, but he he made a mistake in the trial and I don't think any of us caught it at the time. I, I will readily admit I didn't catch it then, but he said in the trial that he was over inside or underneath the tunnels underneath the Senate office buildings across the street from the Capitol because he had been escorting senators when they were evacuating them from the Capitol building. You know, understandably the Capitol building was being overrun. They didn't know whether these protesters were armed or dangerous or violent, whatever. And so they were evacuating the senators. And so he was assisting in that process when he said that he heard that gunshots went off on his Capitol Police radio, that gunshots had been fired in the House chamber. Now, there weren't gunshots, and it wasn't in the House chamber, but that was the fog of war and the confusion of the moment. But that's what he heard on his radio comms. And I've listened to the radio comms, so I can verify that's exactly what he heard. And he heard that, and that was the shot, the single shot that killed Ashley Babbitt. And that happened right around 2.43, 2.44, depending upon whose clock you're looking at. And so when he heard that, he said, I turned around and then I started heading back to the Capitol because, you know, his obviously his he was chief of security for staffers that were still locked in offices over there. So he started making his way back to the Capitol. Now, ironically, coincidentally, uh, uh, however you want to look at it, the Oath Keeper encounter, the famous Oath Keeper encounter with Officer Harry Dunn. Which ultimately, and all of Harry Dunn's testimonies, ultimately made him, you know, one of the the heroes of the day. He's received a Congressional Medal. He's received a Presidential Medal. He has a book deal, and his book's coming out at the end of this month. And Harry Dunn and that Oath Keeper encounter began at exactly the same time, 2.44 p.m., okay? All right, so that's setting the scenario for everybody that's listening to this. So we have... The Oathkeeper encounter with Officer Harry Dunn taking place in what's called the small rotunda or the mini rotunda or the speaker's lobby, which is a staircase coming up from or to uh, the, um, the, the great rotunda uh, from the crypt below. And so when Harry Dunn arrived at the top of that staircase, in a, basically in a panic, very agitated, uh, uh, very um, uh, on edge, and he was carrying an automatic rifle. And at that moment, uh, Oathkeeper Ken Harrelson had also just rounded the corner toward that staircase. And for the first time all day, Ken Harrelson got the impression that there was something wrong because he hadn't seen any violence yet at that time. And so he goes he looks at the officer, Harry Dunn, and officer Harry Dunn says, They're killing us, man. They're you know a lot of a lot of four letter words, and he said, They're carrying us out on stretchers by the dozens. I mean, and you saw
4: you saw this interaction on the surveillance video?
5: This this is testified in trial, yeah. Okay. And there, there's actually um, there's actually cell phone video of this interaction. Mm. And, and and Ken Harrelson goes, Really? And so Ken, when he realized that this was a highly distressed officer and then that there were other protesters coming over to start to agitate him and to harass him, Ken went and got three other Oath Keepers to come over and they formed a lineup in front of Harry Dunn with their backs to him. And you can actually see Ken Harrelson with his arms outstretched holding agitated protesters back from the equally agitated Harry Dunn. They're protecting him. They're deescalating the situation. You can see another screenshot from another video of um, Oathkeeper Kelly Meggs doing the same thing, literally putting his body between a, a, a violent protester and Harry Dunn with Harry Dunn over his shoulder behind him. And uh, these guys were performing a heroic act uh, uh, that day. They were keeping their oath. They were protecting other law enforcement officers. And so what was happening, though, while, while this engagement was taking place, on the other end of the Capitol, uh, you know, a quarter of a mile, half a mile away, whatever, in the tunnels was the return of Special Agent Lazarus as he's working his way back through the tunnels,
4: that's, well, we, that's Nancy Pelosi's head of security.
5: Yes, and we're and these are hap- These two events are happening simultaneously, but this is the problem: is Agent Lazarus testified in the trial that he witnessed that interaction between Harry Dunn and the Oath Keepers. This is exactly from the court testimony and from the trial transcripts. He said he witnessed it three or four times as he passed by them over and over again as he was rescuing, quote-unquote, 11 or 12 of Pelosi's staffers who had been locked in an office. The problem with that, though, Ivory, is that it never happened. It couldn't have happened because we we picked up on Capitol CCTV – we picked up him finally emerging from the the Senate office building tunnels at two forty eight. Now, remember the inc- the in, um, the uh, uh, interaction between the Oath Keepers and Officer Dunn began at two forty four. Lazarus did not emerge from the tunnels until two forty eight. And, and where
4: and where were the Oath Keepers at that time?
5: They were still with Dunn at that time. And so Lazarus is nowhere. I mean, he is oh, far, so he's far, the far
4: opposite. Oh, yeah.
5: Opposite. The property. Of, yeah. There, there's no there's no chance he could have interacted or seen it. He is, you know, um, so far away that it was impossible. But we were able to pick up his path. Once he emerged from the tunnels and then, and because of the time codes on all of the cameras, we could sync them up. So we could sync up what was happening with the oath keepers and sync that to the path of Lazarus as he's working his way through the basement, through or from the tunnels to the basement, through the crypt. Uh, he ended up on the Senate side of the building first and checked, and he actually checked on some, uh, some people there on that side before he ever got there. Bottom line is, is that When Lazarus finally arrived and we catch him on video going up those stairs for the first time during that interaction, it it was already over. It had been over for several minutes before he ever arrived. So he testified in the trial that he witnessed Harry Dunn being harassed and that it was a contentious and that it was an aggressive, you know, um, contentious battle between Harry Dunn and those Oath Keepers, and he said he saw it three times, and he said every single time that he saw it, that it was a hostile uh, uh, interaction between them, except that Ivory, he never saw it. Wow. By By the time he arrived, the Oath Keepers were gone.
4: And you said there, there's cell phone video of what actually happened between him. <laughs> yeah,
5: there, there, there's just quick, you know, people, it, it was it, because because there was no um, violence or no agitated type of thing happening between Dunn and the Oath Keepers, that even a couple of independent journalists that passed by with their cameras just passed on by. There wasn't even enough of a scene there to stop and, 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 you know, grab their attention and catch it. So they just wandered by. So we have really quick shots passing by and, and a couple of other still shots uh, photography. But every single every single shot that we do have, it proves that the Oath Keepers were standing in a line in front of Dunn with their backs to him, holding their hands out and keeping protesters away from him.
4: Wow. And OK, so Nancy Pelosi's head of security, it appears he falsely testified in court and successfully got multiple members of the Oath Keepers to go to prison for years and years.
5: That's correct. And how, that's one how, of the, that's, yeah, that's one of the things that the, that the uh, prosecution, the government was absolutely intent on doing was preventing any information. Any evidence, any video whatsoever that the oath keepers actually did good deeds that day. And that wasn't the only good deed that oath keepers did that day.
4: Well, how is it legal to just withhold video of what the oath keepers actually did?
5: It's not. I mean, there's there's a thing called Brady, and there's discovery. It is required by law that anything that the government knows about, they have to turn that over to the defense teams. And the and this is this is the this is the maddening part, and this is what needs to enrage your audience, your viewers, your listeners, and the what and why they need to contact their congressmen, congresswomen right now is because. These defense teams were only given access to about 650 of the Capitol cameras and the footage thereof. Now look, Ivory, 650 cameras. That's a lot of discovery. And, and the, all of the Oak attorneys will tell you that they just ran out of time. They were not, it was rushed to trial. They were not allowed to build their cases adequately. They were, they were filing motions for continuances for each of their clients. And they, and, and Judge Maida was absolutely determined to get those guys prosecuted before the 2022 election. Uh, now he missed the date because the trial went on and on and on and on, went over nine weeks. So it didn't, it didn't end until after Thanksgiving of last year. But the point being is, is he intended for that trial to, to be over with and for the government to have those not those five notches in their gun belts with those seditious conspiracy convictions before the election. And and that was why they rushed this trial and did not give the uh, defense teams time to build their cases. But that's not the most maddening part, uh, although it should be maddening enough. And it should be enough to overturn these convictions. But the main thing is, is that they only had access to 650 cameras. But me, little old independent journalist, I had access to over 1700 cameras, including the highly sensitive cameras down in the tunnels.
4: And how did you get access to all that?
5: Well, I, you know, I was one of the first five journalists. Uh, Tucker was first where, you know, he, he was the, the big dog. And, and when, uh, McCarthy kind of went back on his word, the former speaker McCarthy went back on his word and said that, um, uh, he wasn't going to release all the video to the American public as he initially promised. So then he started allocating it out. And so they allowed Tucker to come in and then I, um, I think the second one that was allowed in was uh, Joe Hanneman from the Epic Times, and then Julie Kelly, jo- uh, John Solomon, and then myself. And so, so it was
4: basically whoever requested first.
5: Well, yeah, and, and we were standing in line, and I kind of snuck in. That's that's another story. Because uh, <laughs> I remember,
4: I remember media confronting Kevin McCarthy after Tucker released his bombshell footage, and yeah. and. McCarthy said, "Look, I, I'll release this footage to anybody if the media wants it. Come request it." Yeah, and yeah. It, it seems the mainstream media wasn't as curious <laughs> as some well, of the
5: alternative media. They're not as curious, and for that's one thing. But they also um, let, let's be, let's be honest. There were there's some there's some heroes in Congress behind the scenes, not necessarily uh, particular Congress members, and I'm not going to name names right now until. Um, I'm allowed to, but there were heroes, and that includes staffers, that includes lawyers, uh, that includes some people that actually made this happen. And they used uh, the, the first five of us, Tucker through myself, to basically develop the policies and procedures, which ultimately, you know, last month, the committee... Uh, did, in fact, issue a policies and procedures guideline for all media of all types uh, to apply. And they used us as guinea pigs to develop that mm. and to figure out how to do that. So I was privileged, uh, honored, blessed, whatever, to, to be a part of that guinea pig, you know, uh, operation. But that's how I got access. And then um, after the, the first three days under the pre-guideline rules, I was able to get back in for a couple of days under the new guidelines as well and to finish up my work. And so that was, uh, or I should say, is just the beginning of what we have and what we've found. And and this should be maddening, as I said, this, this should anger the American people, because this is essentially a creation of false testimony against American citizens uh, specifically.
2: No.
1: flare.com
5: Typically designed to convict them of one of the most heinous crimes they could even be charged by uh, of seditious conspiracy when no such thing was happening. And and in fact, when they did good deeds, and as I mentioned earlier, this wasn't the only good deed that Oath Keepers did that day. There's the famous rescue with uh, uh, Lieutenant Tarek Johnson. He recruited two Oath Keepers to help him rescue 16 officers out of a dangerous situation. And that isn't, you know, and there there were other uh, events in which the Oath Keepers assisted law enforcement that day.
4: And we've shown that video on my show. Uh, mm-hmm. The black officer wearing the MAGA hat. Yeah. Requesting that these uh, Oath Keepers help him. Um, yeah. So there's all kinds of footage of the Oath Keepers doing good, good deeds.
5: But none of that was allowed in this trial. And block testimony was allowed. Apparently. Yeah, they exactly. So they did not allow exculpatory evidence And evidence showing the character of these people that were helping law enforcement on numerous occasions that day. And instead, they brought in, the government brought in, a scripted false witness and testimony to put the nail in their coffin.
4: There was all that hype about January 6th being an insurrection. They needed to be able to convict someone of something serious. Yeah. And this is how they did it. But we're taking your word for it right now. we Steve, we haven't seen the footage,
5: yeah, yeah, and that-
4: tweet. yeah uh, let me show you you you, you tweeted mm-hmm. someone someone said, are you releasing the footage that you saw that you know that that shows that it was uh, false testimony, and you said, soon we have it all, but need house approval for final edits, and they're in a bit of chaos. Why would you need the House of Representatives to approve you releasing?
5: Yeah, well, it's it's not just the House, but it's also um, Capitol Police for security concerns. Do you remember when Tucker released uh, the first batch of videos? There were like things blurred out and certain people were blurred out. Uh, the same thing has happened in other releases that like John Solomon has has done, and there's there's there are some of these videos are are being given to us, but yet they came from what they deem highly sensitive areas of the Capitol. And also, they don't want us showing uh, Congress members or senators that are struggling. You know, look, we, we all know that when we're talking about the Senate, you know, uh, there's a bunch of old geezers there, and you know half of them are barely ambulatory, and they don't want to show embarrassing uh, uh, scenes of them being helped out of uh, out of the building. And you know, look, we, it's it's stuff we know, but you know they. it's understandable. It's just going all the way back to FDR. They, you know, they didn't want to show him in a wheelchair because he was a polio. Oh my gosh. You know what I mean? And so you kind of understand that. So, so basically we have all of the video that supports this story and we're going to be, you know, with, with the blaze, we'll be putting together a blaze TV production, obviously to release this. Once we have the uh, security clearances on our final presentation, that said, as you know, something big happened in Congress this week, so that's kind of hit the pause button. So, we, I McCarthy,
4: yeah, we, 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 uh,
5: we, uh, uh, we made the decision. or should I should I say, my editors made the decision to go ahead and release the story without the videos because we were ready. We had already set it up, and we were ready and ready to just go ahead. And let's. And they made the decision to go ahead and release it. And I think I think the American people understand the delay. And, and, and it's nothing nefarious. It's just, mm-hmm. it, you know, there were things out of our hands.
4: So how soon can the viewers actually see this footage?
5: Um, probably as soon as we get a new speaker.
4: <laughs> oh, wow.
5: Yeah, yeah.
4: Wow! So this is what everybody's every you know the government.
5: entire House of Representatives who controls and oversees the Capitol Police and this this video is all like, there's a big pause button hit up there right now, so nothing's happened. Nobody's making any decisions right now.
4: Oh wow! Well, this is journalism ethics uh, being uh, practiced by Steve Baker right now because under the First Amendment, you can just release that raw footage because they allowed you. To yes, it.
5: that well, but no, that that's, are, that's right. I, I once it's t- technically once it's handed to me, I could release it. That's not the agreement though that we have. I um, mean, we do have a journalistic um, uh, ethics. gentleman ethics agreement about how that if they did this for us, this is what we would do for them in the process. And 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 yeah, I, because I, you
4: don't want. I, I mean, you don't want to compromise national security
0: no. right
5: no and and look that that's one of their concerns is that there are sensitive areas of the building and that's that's mm. uh, look whether we agree with that or not that is their concern and yet nevertheless they're working with us so we're working with them
4: wow interesting wow well we are looking forward to seeing that actual footage now do you think I, I mean, given what you've said, uh, that this timestamp video just proves that the speaker uh, of the Nancy Pelosi's head of security lied under oath. I mean, there are people in jail for years and years and years right now. Their their cases will surely get tossed out. Right.
5: Yeah. Well, look, uh, we're talking about Biden's DOJ. What are there? Are there any rule? You know, I I was I was. I did this entire reveal yesterday morning on Glenn Beck's show. And Glenn even said in another day, another era under a different administration, this thing would probably all be tossed out right now. And he said, but this is not the era of justice any longer. We don't we're we're no longer a nation of law. Uh, We seem to be a nation of the whims of a particular special, uh, progressive interest group that that is changing the constitution i mean this this started uh full force you know with the, with the patriot act and then the the the, the obama administration who said they were going to fundamentally transform america and then they started replacing all of the heads of all the three-letter agencies in the military and put and putting political people instead of people qualified for those jobs in those positions. And that's what's gotten us to where we are today. That's why, that's why, uh, particularly in this January 6th event, look, we, you and I have talked about this before. There were bad people that did bad things. All right. There were and there were crimes committed and, and criminals and those who commit Crimes should be prosecuted and held accountable for their actions. But there were also a lot of good people that did good things that day. And then there were, there were people that innocently uh, trespassed when there was no longer any barricades or do not enter signs or doors were opened. And they didn't see how they were open. They didn't see violence. They, but it's like, hey, honey, the, the, uh, there's hundreds of people going through that door. We can go into the Capitol, and they did. And people's lives have been ruined for innocently following hundreds of people in through an open door. And so, and so, somebody has to hit the pause button here and stop this and make the DOJ unravel. This mess, but the DOJ is not going to do it, and not this DOJ, and um, and so we're we're coming out swinging, Ivy. Ivy we, we've got we've got we've got you know as I, I I called this video that I saw months ago, I called it the kill shot, and it should be in another day and another time. This would cause everything to be stopped. No more arrests. No more prosecutions. No more every, Everything stops until we figure out. Who put a federal agent, a U.S.C.P. special agent, head of security for Nancy Pelosi, who put him on that stand with a false narrative?
4: Do you think it was Nancy?
5: I don't know who it was. I am putting together my list of names on who I think was in the Star Chamber.
4: Well, prosecutors, I think they always have a, an incentive to win their case, even if it's just yeah. ego. Yeah. Although you've mentioned that FBI agents actually had cash bonuses mm-hmm. for going after people. But here's the thing. The court system should be a check on that, right? That's in, correct. in a court of law, yep. looking at prosecutors with their little incentive to win and then Equally looking at what defense has, you should be able to get to the truth. But it sounds like the courts are just so compromised right now.
5: Yeah, yeah, and you you hit you hit on an important point. Human nature is is you want to win at whatever you're doing. Okay, so you you automatically get into a a game between prosecutors and defense attorneys because they just both want to win. Right? Their, their, their egos are involved. That's human nature. But that's supposed to be mitigated by a desire. For justice, first of all, and 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 you would hope that government would be more motivated to be sure that justice was given to whoever is sitting uh, on the defense table rather than only seeking a win. But we're not there any longer. We have a highly charged political justice department who sees everything from one side through one set of progressive lenses. And that's what we're up against right now. And so that's why um, they are all, I mean, look, if, if, if indeed all they wanted to do was win, do they have no morals whatsoever to hide exculpatory evidence to hide thousands of hours of video from the defense teams and then to literally create false testimony that's criminal ivory
4: do you think Nancy Pelosi's head of security Mr. Lazarus will go to jail for this he should so these people from the the uh, the uh, oath keepers once you release this footage, they should be able to at least take this footage to a federal appeals court the Supreme Court.
5: Oh, absolutely. And, and I, I'm ho- I'm hoping they'll get fast tracked to an appeals court now. Mm. You know, because I don't I don't you know I don't see any I don't see any chance that Judge Mehta is going to come in and vacate sentencing or declare a mistrial or I, I don't even know that he ha- I don't know legally if he, legally what his right is once he has sentenced them and sent them off to prison. I don't know mm. if his I don't know if his if if he's done at that point, but
4: if he's going to be like, oh, I'm busted, yeah, I I was yeah. corrupt. I don't yeah, think yeah, he's yeah. going to say that.
5: No, and 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 uh, uh, look, we're 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 putting the pieces of the puzzles together, and we're we're seeing the connective you know dots uh, of who made this thing happen. And again, as I said, this is only part one. We've got, we've got more of this story coming and, uh, it's all related. It's all tied together. And, uh, there's, there's a lot of, there's a lot of connective tissue going back to Pelosi's office, but I don't have the kill shot on her yet, uh, in this story, but it's interesting how many things do lead back to her desk.
4: Was, what, what about Mitch McConnell's desk?
5: uh i believe so too because I, I the first story or something sorry the second story i ever wrote about january 6th was uh who was up the chain that day and i named both um pelosi and mcconnell
1: wow.
4: although he may not even remember what he was up to today.
5: no he he probably
4: doesn't <laughs> um okay so you you dropped these tweets uh this summer mentioned basically saying, I want to get some of this, what I have out there in case something happens to me. And you mentioned, um, uh, special forces teams that, that officially do not exist. Mm
1: -hmm.
4: Then the DOJ got back in contact with you. Strange timing, but is this is a multi-part series you're releasing. Are you going to be putting something out about this? These top secret groups that do not exist. Uh, (laughs)
5: <laughs> well, it's it's hard to it's hard to authoritatively uh, write something and get corroboration about somebody or a group that doesn't exist because the government will never even acknowledge that they that they do, even though there's been books written about them, even though I personally interviewed members of this organization. Um, it's going to be a very difficult thing. And then the other the other aspect of that, though, Ivory, is it's not necessarily. Um, uh, I'm not I'm not making any implications about this group that they were doing anything wrong that day. They could have just been there as force protection. Now, they could have been brought in and deployed to control if anything got really out of hand. So the question is not what they were doing, because I don't believe that they were there doing uh, bad things. It's why did somebody think that they needed the most elite, secret uh, special ops group, in the world at the Capitol that day, what did they know was coming? Mm, what did they happened, suspect?
4: How did they know? Or yeah. maybe, maybe they're all, maybe they're always lurking.
5: Yeah. <laughs> well, that, that, no, they Well, see they, they are. I mean, it, it's that's, the, that's the other thing that people have to kind of get over a little bit is anytime there's a large crowd. If you go see Taylor Swift in a stadium, there's FBI crawling all over the place.
4: Well wow.
5: there, there always is. And and that doesn't necessarily mean they're doing anything wrong, but they're looking for people that would be wanting to do something wrong. And and you know, they're not a hundred percent corrupt. There's a lot of what law enforcement does behind the scenes that we never see or hear about is in fact keeping us safe because that is their mission. That is what they're supposed to be doing. That is the one function of a moral government is to protect us from force and fraud. So they, they still do that sometimes. The problem is, is that they become so political that it seems like half of their activities or more now are actually um, being force and fraud against the American people.
4: Checking the comments section, someone's mentioning Ray Epps. uh, Mm -hmm. uh, Are any parts of your series going to be about him?
5: Uh, No, I I really don't have... Uh, Well, I shouldn't say I don't have any interest in Ray Epps. I have a lot of interest in Ray Epps. I've written about him just recently. They can go to the blaze and see something that I've written about Ray Epps after he was finally charged. You know, he's finally, he was charged and then got his plea deal the next day. The government wiped, you know, washed their hands of him. And, oh, see, we, see, he's not a fed. We charged him. Yeah, he charged him with a simple misdemeanor and, and gave him a slap on the wrist and sent him home
4: expedited uh, the case
5: well, oh yeah yeah i mean it was just like boom 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 and this was over and what 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 about all the other people's lives who were destroyed um for doing far far less than ray right
4: waiting in jail just yeah. for yeah. am i guilty or not exactly for years and ray epps it's just like boom 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 3 days yeah. and it's decided. Yeah, strange stuff. Okay, yeah, so Steve has already written about Ray Apps. If you guys want to see Steve Baker's full report that that he just dropped this bombshell um yesterday, right? It's on the blaze. I've linked yeah. it below.
5: Mm-hmm. Yeah, they can of course go go to my Twitter at uh, well, you got it right there at TPC for USA, and then also they can go to my blog on my locals blog, and that's uh, T. They all they got to do is just type in TPC4USA.com, and they go takes you to my locals uh, page, and then of course uh, on the Blaze now. So that's that's all new. So
4: awesome. Okay, well, stay tuned for your continuing coverage of what really went down, as seen on Capital Surveillance Video at the Capitol, January 6th. Thank you so much, Steve, for coming on.
5: Thank you, Ivory. You know I will always come here first.
4: (laughs) Oh, I I really appreciate that. I appreciate what you are up to. A lot of people don't dig as deep as you do, so we'll stay tuned to you and stay safe. All right. Thank you. Talk to you later.
5: Bye-bye. Bye.
2: Order now.